Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Rodan Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC. Mella. Lovely cushion header for Gerrard! Oh, beauty! What a head, son! What a head! Liverpool 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Yeah! Yeah! Salah took it, rolled it up here for Nunez to win it! The Lima Bird soars! Hi everyone and welcome to Season 3 of the Roden Podcast. Today I'm joined by Natasha Dowie. Natasha is a former Liverpool women player and now ambassador of the football club. Natasha, thanks for joining today. How are you doing? Really well, thank you. Yeah, uh, good results for the women's team to start the season off. So very happy and yeah, just busy cracking on now with my new ambassador role. Yeah, no, it's a brilliant. It's been a brilliant start of the season so far. We'll get into that shortly. But before we get started, I just wanted to firstly congratulate you on such a brilliant career. CWSL titles with the Reds, of course. We'll talk about the FA Cup and League Cup for an Everton podcast, but we'll leave that there. But yeah, plenty of individual accolades for yourself as well. How did it feel for you when you eventually hung up your boots? Yeah, so um, when I finished the season at Liverpool, finished strong, you know, scored a few goals, felt good. Um, and then kind of took the summer to decide whether or not a kind of new offer attracted me. I had a few offers abroad, um, but I've been travelling for the last seven, eight years, and it was just so nice to be home in Liverpool. Um, me and my partner were happy. And so it was one of those decisions, do I just carry on playing uh, because I love the game? Or, you know, with this opportunity that arose with the ambassador role, do I kind of finish on a high playing at the team I love, playing at the team I support? And then kind of transition into this new exciting role. And I felt like maybe it's quite cool to go out at the top. I always envisioned myself in playing till I was 40 and you'd have to drag me off the pitch. But actually, <laughs> maybe it's a, a nice thing to kind of finish, you know, scoring for Liverpool at the club, like I said, that I love. Well, it's obviously it's an emotional time when you make that final decision. When you did make that decision, did you feel like, am I doing the right thing? Or was it, no, this is for me now? 
I felt really clear actually, which I thought when this time did come, I would struggle a lot more. And who knows, it could hit me later on down the line. But, you know, right now I feel so calm. I feel so excited um, and it feels right. So there's not been a moment so far <laughs> that I've thought, have I done the right thing? You know, even being at the Emirates last weekend and seeing the girls playing in front of 50,000 people, you know, of course there's going to be things I miss. I miss scoring goals. I, you know, obviously the fans still sing my song, which is great, <laughs> but there's no better feeling than winning and feeling part of a team. Um, I miss being around the girls as well and that kind of routine that a football player has and that kind of purpose that you feel like you have. So there's lots of things I miss, but I think I'm just so lucky now with this opportunity I've got to stay involved in the club, to stay busy. Um, and yeah, and then I, I get to be home in Liverpool with my partner. Yeah, loving life. So it's a win-win, really. That's brilliant. You started your career with Watford from the youth team to the first team. But when was it that you thought, this is what I want to do for my career? I'm going to have to give Harford and Colts a shout out because they always say whenever I do stuff, you never mention <laughs> us. So that was my grassroots team. But then, yeah, moved on to Watford. Um, but you know what? It was, I always wanted to be a football player. You know, even when I was three or four years old, I always had a ball in my hand. This is what my mum and dad told me. And that's all I remember doing when I was a kid, playing at school, playing when I got home, we'd go in for dinner, then I'd be out again playing football. So if you were to say to me, do you want to be a professional football player one day? I would have always said yes, but never actually really knowing that that would have been an opportunity. So I guess really it was only till probably when I signed at Everton. So it was maybe when I was 21, because mm. even, you know, coming through the England ranks, you know, you're still having to kind of work. Um, I was at school, obviously. Um, but even when I was at Charlton, we used to get paid a little bit of money per game, but nothing where I thought, okay, this is going to be a living. Even at Everton, where we won the FA Cup and won the League Cup and we were in the Women's Super League, it was, you know, pennies, to be honest. We were training mm. twice a week. So when I made the move over to Liverpool, I remember my first contract at Liverpool. Again, I won't say what it was, but yeah, to be full-time training every day, um, it's crazy now to kind of like see and hear the kind of rumours of what people are maybe potentially earning. And it's great for the women's game to see just how far it's grown. But yeah, to answer your question, it probably would have been maybe when I signed my first contract at Liverpool, if I'm being completely honest. You know, then Matt Beard approached me and said, we're going to be training every day at Widness. Yes, it was at night time in the evenings, but just the opportunity to train every day, I'd never had that. So that was when I was around, must have been about, God, 24, 25. So I probably had a good 10-year spell of, of kind of training full-time as a pro. But yeah, it's crazy to think from three years old to 25, that was never really ever in my mind. Yeah. Okay, so you've obviously had a very successful time at Everton, um, which, again, I'll leave that for another podcast. But congrats on the time there. Um, when you made the move to Liverpool in 2012 with, with Farah, um, obviously that's a big thing, moving from Everton to Liverpool in the men's game. Obviously, we see this a lot now, and Meg's just signed for Everton. What's the difference, let's say, because imagine Liverpool player yeah. in the men's team goes to Everton yeah. or the vice versa. What's the difference? I think it's the fan base, to be honest. And who knows, the women's game might get like that one day. But it's more of, you know, followed by kids. You know, it's a much more, I guess you could call it a friendlier family vibe. Um, you know, fans can sit together. There's no real hostility from what I've come across. It's creeping into the game a little bit. Not, not in a malicious way, but more, you know, you've got, for instance, at the Emirates last weekend, they had the away end little section for the Liverpool fans, which is actually really cool. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I had the odd message here and there. Don't get me wrong when I, when I made the move, but not as much, I'm sure, as what the men would have got. And yeah, you're right, Megan Campbell, obviously having made the move more recently. Um, and yeah, you'd have to ask her what her kind of response was. But yeah, I think the women's game has always prided itself on that that kind of how players can it's quite a personal friendship isn't it with the players and the fans yeah. we're very accessible so i think that's probably the, the big main reason okay so obviously you won back-to-back titles with liverpool in 2012 13 yeah. so talk to me about about them couple of years there's some massive superstars in that squad at that mm-hmm. time what are still playing obviously now um how was it during them couple of years oh the best yeah, I can, you can never really explain it, to be honest. And I think it's only now that I've retired that when you realise just how special it was because to have played, what, 15, 20 years of football, played in 14 different clubs, six different countries, and to say that them two years were by far the best, I think it says a lot. Yeah. I think it was because Arsenal had dominated for so long. Um, and then for us to kind of rock up with this brand new team of like foreigners from all over the country, you know, Swedish, German... American, God, there was, who else was there? Icelandic, Katrin. There was all these different nationalities and we just gelled straight away. And the way that we won the league, you know, winning like four threes, you know, just scoring goals for fun, dramatic games. And you're right. I think, I think the most powerful thing with that, what I've realized as well is, and this isn't meaning to come across arrogant at all, and this isn't just myself, but it's other players, is that some of us have only actually played two or three seasons at Liverpool, but in many people's eyes, will be remembered as legends of the women's yeah. game. Whereas there have been other players that maybe have played for 10, 15 years and, and maybe won't be remembered. And if you look at the likes of Nicole Rosler, for me, two seasons will be a Liverpool legend. You know, all of those, Amanda da Costa, Katrin, uh, Karina Schroeder, Whitney Engen, you know, all those players. Obviously, your Lucy Bronzes, you know, she's still playing now. But those foreign players, yeah. for me, will always be you know, Liverpool legends. And look, I hope the women's team can go on and win the league again one day. But that kind of group of players that we had, it was special. Becky Easton, my partner, I've got to give her a shout out as well. But so <laughs> many. Sure you do. Yeah, so, so many. And even now we keep in touch. You know, me and Gemma Bonner playing at Liverpool last season together was lovely to be reunited with, with my captain again. Um, and we are trying to get like a little Liverpool reunion together one day. But it's just so hard because Catherine... Um, has babies now, Amanda yeah. Costa has babies, Nicole Rosler's pregnant. It's just crazy. But hopefully one day we can all be reunited again. That would be brilliant. Um, something I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm sure you've seen that I've put on the agenda. Um, in 2013, the leading goal scorer in the WSL, Hope Powell's the England manager at the time. Um, it was a fantastic manager, by the way. Why do you think you didn't get into that squad, that famous to say famous, yeah, your own squad in Sweden because you know England's leading goal scorer at the time in the top league. Did you get a call offer? No, no. no. Um, it was a my England career. Look, it's an absolute honour to play for my country, you know, and that's something that I'll forever be proud of. And it's always nice when people say I should have played for England more, and, and that's great, you know. It's football and the world is full of opinions, isn't it? And I yeah. think that Hope Powell. Um, was in charge of England for so long so if you were under her kind of reign I guess it was a struggle then if your face didn't fit and Mm. whereas I feel like nowadays there's a lot more pressure on managers to achieve things and 
and that's no disrespect to Hope, but in, I think, the 15 years that she was in charge, she didn't win anything. And that wouldn't be the case if she was if she was a manager these days. You know, she wouldn't be around. And then maybe there's new opportunities for players then if your face doesn't fit. And, but that wasn't the case for me. And, you know, that's something that, unfortunately, um, yeah, I can't change. And, you know, it was hard when I'd had such a good season at Liverpool, scoring the goals I'd scored and performing the way I was performing and then to not make the squad. I, I don't think that would have happened now. It'd have, it would have been like a Rachel Daly not getting selected yeah. for the World Cup. It just, it would be headlines everywhere, wouldn't it? But um, I guess the media side of things wasn't that big, unfortunately, back then. So, look, it's something that I then used as motivation to do other things, to travel the world, to play in six different countries, which... Probably if you looked at any other English player, maybe except for Jodie Taylor, there's not mm. really anyone that's done what I've done. Um, so what came from a bad situation, I guess, I made a good situation. And yeah, I, I have no regrets. You know, I always gave everything. And, you know, if Hope Powell, if my face didn't fit, then unfortunately my face didn't fit. Well, you made an incredible career. Obviously, you've just mentioned there, travelling to like the States, Australia, Sweden. Um, before going to Redden, and then being loaned back to Liverpool in January. So how did the move come about, first of all? Did Beardy reach out to you, or did you get in touch with the club? Yeah, so when I made the move back to England, it was mainly because of COVID. I was playing for AC Milan, and obviously a huge club. We just made Champions League, made history mm -hmm. over there, first time. But it was tough. Um, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. My partner was stuck in the apartment, and I missed my friends and family. And like I said earlier, we'd been travelling for seven years. So made the move back to Reading, and... Look, do I regret that? No, it was a tough year and a half. You know, it's, yeah. it's never easy as a striker when you're playing for a team that's down the wrong wrong end of the table. And it was something that I wasn't really used to. I'd always been in teams that we were competing for trophies. Um, so I probably wasn't enjoying my football as much as I would have liked um, and shared those kind of feelings with Kelly Chambers, the manager. And then when I saw how much Liverpool was struggling um, in the front area, um, with obviously the likes of Leanne Keenan being out all season, Shanice van der Sand and was struggling with injuries, Katie Stengwood, I think the week before I'd injured herself. So at the time they were light and I just said yeah. to my agent, look, it's January, the transfer window. Maybe there's a possibility that, you know, Beardy might need some cover or might need some help. And, you know, I'd love to be able to go back to the club that, you know, I support and love. And as soon as my agent got in touch with him, he, yeah, he bit his hand off and he said, let's make it happen. And, Luckily for me, Kelly Chambers was with, was with okay with that as well, which I think raised a lot of eyebrows, seeing as they were in the relegation battle as well, and to let kind of their striker go. And unfortunately, they get got relegated in the end. But from a selfish point of view, um, it was a great move for me and one that I'm so thankful I got the opportunity to put the Liverpool shirt on again and and to score some more goals and break some more records and yeah, to finish my career at Liverpool. Yeah. Brilliant answer that. Um, if you look back on your career as a whole, I don't know how many times you've been asked this or I don't know if you feel comfortable asking it, but how proud are you of yourself? Yeah, very. Yeah, I, I think it's something that probably us female athletes sometimes or people in general, you know, you, you don't want to come across arrogant, do you, and, and big yourself up too much. But no, when I look back at my career, I'm so, so proud. Um, it's been one hell of a journey, one that I will never, ever forget. And like I said, if you told me as a three-year-old, Tash, you're going to go and play around the world, you're going to win leagues in Australia, you're going to play for your country, you're going to win the league with Liverpool, win the FA Cup with Everton, you know, meet your partner, you know, meet best friends for life all around the world. I, I wouldn't have believed you, to be honest. I would have said, God, that sounds the dream. 
Yeah. And to be able to play for such a long time as well. You know, some players' careers are cut short with injury. I've been so fortunate that I've been fit and healthy my whole career pretty much. Um, and I've got to a good age and, and finished, like I said, on a high end. And then again, this opportunity now, it's just like sometimes I have to pinch myself with, with how lucky I feel that I get these opportunities. But a lot of people say to me, it's not luck, like you've earned the right to, yeah. to get this new role as an ambassador. But it still doesn't seem real when you say you're an ambassador of Liverpool Football Club with um, Ian Rush and John Barnes and Sir Kenny <laughs> Dalglish. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> okay, so like you've mentioned, um, you get the call to be the first female ambassador for Liverpool Football Club, which is a big thing in itself. Um, when you got that call, first of all, how did you feel? But secondly, did you question if that was something that you felt like the privilege to do so? Yeah, um, so I sat down actually with the club um, and kind of discussed, they gave me the option of, look, if you did want to retire, this could possibly be, you know, something that we could explore more and we would really love to to have a first female ambassador and yourself and to kind of then set a blueprint, I guess, for, for players, female players down the line. Yeah. Um, no, I never, ever once questioned whether or not, um, you know, I felt entitled to that. You know, I like I said, I think the club the way they make you feel, then I kind mm. of think then you realise just how special you are. And, you know, in their eyes, I'm a legend and, you know, it's lovely. But I guess in a way, yeah, I am because, you know, the two leagues that Liverpool have won, I was a part of that. So, um, and obviously the record goal scorer for the club. So, with yeah, I kind of take that um, with a lot of pride. Um, and I wear the ambassador role now with huge, a huge, huge honour, a huge pride again. Everything that I do now, moving forward, I'll represent the club as well as I can. Um, and I am, I'm just, I want to get involved in as much as I can. I want to affect things positively. And, and hopefully, you know, these people that have given me this opportunity and role will be proud of, of what I am achieving and what more I can achieve. Because I'm an ambitious person, you know, I'm an I'm a athlete still. In my eyes, I'll yeah. always be a professional football player. Um, so, you know, I want to kind of tick off more goals now moving forward. Good. Okay, so obviously a massive move for Liverpool back into Melwood recently. Uh, it cl clearly shows the intent of the owners, let's say, because you know you, you won the back-to-back -back titles and we sort of didn't really press on from there, which is disappointing for everyone. There's probably more so yourselves, the players. Um, how far do you think we can go now we've moved back into Melwood and we've got the facilities that match where we want to be? I think we can go all the way now. I really do. I think, don't get me wrong, it's not going to be a year, two year thing. This is probably a five year plan for Matt Beard and his squad. But I think Melwood is a game changer. I think that it will attract a lot of bigger players moving forward when they see the facilities. And I think success will help with that. So if the team keep on winning, you know, and I think that will then attract more players. Um, but from the two games that I've seen already so far this season, the team looks strong, very strong, looks organised. Um, and they still haven't got, you know, their, their, their new striker, Sophie Hogg, to come in. You know, Shanice van der Sanden, Leanne Kiernan, Lee Fahey. So these are like four players that potentially, you know, could be starters in this team. So Matt Bid's going to have a really nice headache um, <laughs> when everyone is fit and healthy. But two out of two, um, you know, and let's see what they can do this year. But, yes, it really is exciting. And it's a nice time for me to come into this role now because... Um, it'll be nice now to be a part of their journey and, and hopefully kind of we can have success together again. Definitely. Like you've mentioned there, so it's been an incredible start to the season. First of all, beating Arsenal away to the Emirates 1-0, which is a brilliant result. And 
it's probably fair to say that nobody expected that result, especially a clean sheet. Um, and then we beat Villa home 2-0 yesterday. Another result where you're thinking, wow, we mean business now. Um, and you've got new players scoring on a, the home debuts, which is fantastic again. But then you've got Mel coming off the bench. You know, that's that's like a new signing in itself after last season. Um, what should the ambition be for the season, given the start? Obviously, the ambition or the pressure increases when you have such a good start. But mm. like you said, there's so many attacking options to come back into that squad. I don't feel like we should be aiming mid-table again. No, I think you're right. I think when Matt Bid's been asked at the beginning of the season, he said that we want to finish higher than what we did last year, which was seventh. And I think that was a realistic goal. Yeah, but then if you look at what everyone else, how everyone else has strengthened, you know, every year this league gets harder. I think what Liverpool have done really well is, and what I think probably for the next couple of weeks still is the top teams. I think are going to be struggling with regards to less preparation during obviously the preseason. Players are probably fatigued, to be honest, from the World Cup and and nations uh, league nations that's just been happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with regards to so you can see that with the way that Arsenal have been performing, even like so Chelsea, they're still having to rest some of their star players. Whereas this Liverpool team have been together for pretty much eight, nine weeks, you know, so they've had a real good preparation leading into this. Um, but I think you're right moving forward. When you look at the likes of Chelsea, City, United, and Arsenal, in my opinion, I still think that they're kind of a, a little bit ahead with regards to kind of the depth of squad. Yeah. But why can't we be then that team, you know, just underneath them, just looking to push into that top four? And, and you know, the great thing about this, this league is, you know, anyone can beat anyone on their day. So it's just about consistency now, you know, and, and keeping this squad as fit as possible. Um, so let's see, you know, they're going to beat an Arsenal. So I think that's a great start in itself if you're, if you're wanting to finish higher at the table then. But then I guess it's a case of, what I think probably Liverpool have struggled with in the past is that they've actually done well against the the top teams and maybe then actually drop points against the teams that they should yeah. be beating. So that's now where this season, that should be an aim for theirs. You know, those teams that really we're going in as favourites, they have to be must-wins. And then the, the the kind of games that we're going in as underdogs, look, if we can get something out of it, then then brilliant. But yeah, I'd love to see us maybe, you know, fifth really then, looking to kind of kick on within the next couple of years and push into that top four, top three Champions League football. Yeah, fingers crossed. Okay, last question for you. Um, Emma Hayes mentioned yesterday about the number of teams in the league. So obviously there's 12 at the moment and she'd like to see an increase of maybe 16 to 18. Um, do you think we're far we're far off seeing that? And also how big do you think that'll be for the game? Because obviously you've seen teams drop out of the WSL and they've had to go part-time again, which is sad for any any footballer in this day and age. Um, do you think that's a realistic ambition? I think it's a really interesting question, to be honest. It's one I haven't really thought about too much, but I think that it, it would be great, you know, I think to have more, more teams in the league, but also then making sure that the standard, you know, is still competitive because... Yeah. I have felt like in the last maybe two or three years that the teams have that have been promoted have then struggled um, mm. to stay up. But not Liverpool, obviously we did great to, to come up and then get seventh, but maybe in the past and we'll see how the likes of Bristol City do this year. Um, but the, I think the great thing is, is in the championship now, more clubs are getting full time and getting uh, better support. So that's great to see. Um, so yeah, I think let's watch this space and I guess whatever Emma Hayes says, you know, she's quite a powerful voice, so I'm sure that would have um, 
you know, got its way heard to some people and they'll be thinking about that. Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see. But um, Tash, let's call her a pod there. I just want to thank you for coming on, first of all. But also, like I said, congratulate you on a wonderful career you've had. Um, but good luck in your ambassador role as well. I think it's brilliant and it's, it's very inspirational for young girls coming up in, not only in football, but just young girls in general to see that they can actually make it to the top. Oh, thank you. No, I really appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast. And thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod.